0: You're about to hear my conversation with Aaron Francis, where we talk about YouTube as a business. Let's get into it. Hey, here's my real-time-ish update for you. And I'm recording this one on May 6th, 2024. First, I just want to say that once and for all, the name of this podcast, I'm sticking with the name Open Threads. (laughs) You may have noticed I had briefly renamed it there uh, in early 2024. I was using the name Full Stack Founder. Well, long story short, I'm sunsetting that brand name and that website. It was a short-lived project that just didn't quite stick. So this podcast is back to its original name, Open Threads, from here on out. Okay, so uh, my... So as for my update, uh, you know, my main focus now continues to be instrumental products. That is my product studio where I partner with clients mainly on UI and UX work. And uh, I specialize in designing modern interfaces for SaaS companies. And I deliver my designs in the form of coded HTML and Tailwind CSS templates and components. So that's the, uh, the main um, service that I've been working with a couple of clients lately on, and uh, it's something that I continue to uh, to really double down on the rest of this year. Other than that, I'm spending the rest of my time building out some new software products of my own to uh, to add to my small portfolio. My main SaaS product, Clarity Flow, continues to run smoothly uh, with my small team, and we're always working on some imp- improvements there. So that's my update for now. On to the show. <laughs> So my friend Aaron Francis is back on the show today. I'm about to roll our conversation which we recorded on November 16th, 2023. In this one we talked all about building a YouTube channel and treating that as the core of our business. At the time we recorded this, I was just getting geared up in the planning and plotting stage of my YouTube channel for instrumental products and an Aaron has been an, an expert in this area for some time. So it was a really fun time for me to, to to kind of pick Aaron's brain on all things video and of course screencasting and and production and all of that kind of stuff. So it's a good conversation. Here we go. Here is that chat with Aaron talking all about video and YouTube. Enjoy. So Back here with, with Aaron Francis. Uh, Aaron, welcome back. Yeah, good to be here. I'm, re- I'm ready to talk video. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you released screencasting.com, which, is, which looks fantastic. The, the course on video, it, it seems like it's more than literally like screencasting. It's like video production, if you will.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's video production from your desk. So like, <laughs> yeah. whether that's, you know, talking head or screencasting or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fantastic domain, though. Um, yeah, thanks. and so, I mean, the, the course is, is really cool. I want to get into that a little bit, but in, you know, in our last chat, we talked, one of my favorite quotes from what you just said, uh, from, from our previous episode here was, you know, your path to success going forward as you see it is not products, it's content or it, it's creating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're growing mm-hmm. YouTube channels. You've come out with this course, um, so I want to kind of dig into that because again, I'm in this mode right, right now I'm, I'm sort of in like planning and plotting and learning mode when it, especially when it comes to YouTube specific, mm-hmm. um, it's an area that I plan to really go deep on in, in 2024. Um, literally in the next room over, I've got like eight boxes of things from Amazon. I've mm-hmm. got like a new lighting You know, new. new oh, dress, I've I've like been following all, along on Twitter
1: as yeah. you, as you're soliciting advice and oh, yeah. pictures and stuff. I'm excited for you. I'm,
0: I'm pretty excited about it. So I, I, I definitely want to like pick your brain about strategy mm-hmm. and how you're thinking about growing your stuff. I mean, why don't we start here? Like, I, I heard you say on your podcast a couple of weeks back that you have a goal of I think it was hitting a hundred thousand subscribers on, on mm-hmm. YouTube. Yep. And you're growing a couple of different channels. You you have like your your personal channel, you work with Planet Scale. Yeah, um, I think you launched a, a new one, like a building in public mm-hmm. channel kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's that's a behind the scenes channel that I don't expect to go anywhere. So it's another channel for just our friends to hang out on, basically. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, when we start here though, like what when you say like you have a goal of a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, mm-hmm. what's behind that goal? Like what mm-hmm. what is the driving force? I know that you're like creating on video, it definitely plays to your strength and you're and you're really great at it. But beyond that, like in terms of your, like, what you would like to achieve here, mm-hmm. like, is it, is it the game of hitting a hundred k? Is it fame? Is it monetizing through ads? Is it monetizing mm-hmm. through products that you can sell to an audience? Like, how? What's what's kind of driving that goal?
1: Yeah, it, I, and I think it's interesting because we can talk about it from two separate angles. We can talk about it from a corporate angle of Planet Scale. And we can talk about it from a personal angle of Aaron Francis. And I think generally, generally they're the same, um, but there are specifics that are different in terms of, is it fame? I would much rather be rich than famous. That's for sure. So it's not, it's not fame. I think um hitting a hundred thousand subscribers on, I'm going for both personal and planet scale channels. That's the goal for both. I think that is, I think that is, Let's see directionally correct as a goal. I don't think there's anything magical about a hundred thousand subscribers except that you get a it's YouTube black, black, which is yeah. really cool, and I super yeah. want that, but I don't think there's anything magical about it, but I think that does um like that sets there's this there's this notion of like the commander's intent like what is the what is the intent at the end of the day the the intent of the at the end of the day is to reach let's say the top of this hill or to take this town or whatever the commander wants right how you get there is is open for negotiation like mm-hmm. okay you encounter a roadblock let's back up let's get you know let's go back this way but you know what the goal is you know where you are headed and for me having somewhere that's like kind of far out on the horizon helps me know that is where i'm headed mm-hmm. and i think i think the interesting thing about that goal is along the way i'm going to encounter a lot of opportunities because of that. So let's say, for example, that my goal instead was to get a sponsored video for $5,000, right? If that was my goal, I don't exactly know how to get there. But if my goal is create enough content that is good enough to reach 100,000 subscribers, I guarantee you I'm going to find some sponsors along the way. Yep. And that that's what I'm looking for. It's like, okay, directionally, enough good content to hit 100,000 subscribers, and we'll just pick up opportunities along the way as we go.
0: I, I really like that. I It resonates a lot. I don't think so much about like the number 100K, but I, I do start to think about numbers, and I, I, this remains to be seen. I, I, I have to learn and see how this develops, but like my little channel that I've that I've not taken seriously for years has just accumulated like 2,000 subscribers, right? Mm -hmm. So I would love to see that grow to something like 20 or 30K as like an initial goal in, I I don't know, the next six to eight months. I don't know if that's unrealistic Mm -hmm. or, or not, but- Not at all. I feel like that's a level of, that's like an initial level of success on YouTube where you have enough volume that can send E- email subscribers into my list. Yes, that could probably result in some form of sponsors, like sponsorship deals, at least, mm-hmm. and potentially like the beginnings of an audience that can like uh, come into like a, a product, whether it's selling a course mm-hmm. or selling a community or something like that. Like, like, yeah, like I guess how how are you thinking about growing this as a business? Like monetization strategy, obviously with with mm-hmm. YouTube, there so there are really so many different ways to go about it. What's like the most interesting to you in terms of like where you would you would like to develop things for yourself?
1: In terms yeah, of the most interesting to me. So I'll talk. I'll talk on the personal side. The PlanetScale side is very obvious. We're a database company, and I make database videos. And so the goal there is like, we need more people to learn about PlanetScale, and so I'm going to make good videos about databases and teach them about PlanetScale. Mm-hmm. That's easy. So less interesting. So the interesting thing I think is on the personal side, and where does where does the money come? I think. There are, I think there are a ton of companies that struggle. You probably know this, that struggle with creating content. I mean, this used to be your business, right? There are a ton of companies that just want to be out in front of people. And creating really high quality content in-house is hard. Like people are people are busy. And so there's this huge opportunity for the people who have the content to pair up with the companies that want it out there. And so for me, what I've found so far is even now, I think my personal channel is at like 11 or 12,000. Companies are reaching out to me being like, we will pay you good money, many thousands of dollars to create a video about our thing. And that is really interesting to me because even, what I can even do Even at is like
0: I 11K can... subscribers. That's... Oh yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, huh. and we're talking like, Five thousand dollars to make a video. It's like, oh, that's real money. Like it, it's super interesting I could, I could to do me that that how different
0: niches and different industries on YouTube are valued so differently. Right. And mm-hmm. and I think that we happen to be in one of the higher value spaces, yep. like like developer tech startup business. Um, you know, where where advertisers are are literally willing to pay more per whatever thousand impressions,
1: you know yep exactly and you know the the youtube uh the YouTube adsense dollars I don't even think about because it could be many tens of dollars and it's yep. like that that's do you definitely do you turn those on not worth or... it, yeah they're on and I think i've you know I've made maybe five hundred dollars so far over uh-huh. several months, and it's like I don't know if that's worth it i, I but agree. then I like think that, the other that's thing like the least
0: interesting thing to me yeah
1: either. i in fact, now that you've asked, I'm thinking maybe I should just turn those off. I think the other interesting if, thing to me I is wonder like if
0: YouTube. I wonder if it impacts the algorithm at all if you turn
1: it off. I on. know. I, that's that's what I don't know. I would have to research that because if they don't want to push, if they don't want to push videos that don't make YouTube money, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. The the other thing that's interesting to me is like long term, kind of like brand sponsorship deals which is not like make a single video but more like hey Aaron we pay you every month and every time you make a video you do mention something or do something or say y'all remember and like I'm I'm interested in that I haven't landed any of those yet but something that's like super off the wall that I think is viable frankly is like I wear this t-shirt you know I've got eight of them I wear this t-shirt in every single video on every single platform that I make and I'm I'm reaching out to that company and I'm like, "Hey, I I would love to talk about it. Like check my actual order history in your Shopify and see that I've been ordering your shirts for the past 5 years. Yeah. Also, I I like wear them in every video. Let's let, let me talk about it." And so that's an interesting thing to me that I'm trying to land to see if hey, there are brands that like line up with me personally that I would feel great yeah. Talking about, so I'm I'm gonna see if I, I'm gonna see if I can make that work.
0: This is not my my main goal, but I've always had like the random uh, kind of creative fantasy of, of just like getting into like designing hats and designing T-shirts, mm-hmm. um, and like that that could be like a potential like result down the road of like just like a fun side project for a month. Like yes, you know, spin up a couple of T-shirt designs and. Show them on the YouTube channel like that. That could be.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's a whole there's a whole industry that you and I are not a part of. That's like the real influencers and the real creators. And, you know, they're like spinning up in-house first party products. And I think that's that's totally possible. Like, I, I don't know what that looks like for for us, but I think that that is a tried and true thing that has been done. Hey, real quick. This podcast is sponsored by Instrumental
0: Products. That's my product studio, where I and my small crew, we take new product ideas from concept to launched. I'm a full-stack product designer and developer, and I love collaborating with fellow founders, creators, and SaaS companies to bring that spark of energy into new product ideas. Think of Instrumental Products as your shortcut to shipping that next idea and getting it into the hands of your customers as efficiently as possible. Got something to ship? Let's talk. Visit instrumentalproducts.com to learn more. The way I think about it is like, again, like YouTube monetization is not very interesting to me, but sponsorships mm-hmm. is something that I, I think I would certainly be open to. I, I still don't think that that's like my number one goal when it comes to monetization. That yeah. That seems to me more like, uh, nice to have something that I'm very open to having as a revenue channel, but I would like primary thing to be like YouTube grows the audience and that audience comes into some paid product, probably in the form of a community or membership type product yeah. at, at some point down the road, you know, maybe even with, with like a live events component as well. But yeah, if, if, but I, I'm also thinking about this as like for 2024, transitioning to literally making this my job, right? Like, like content creation, especially on, on YouTube as like the primary operation in my business going forward. And I'm still kind of maintaining and giving some love to Clarity Flow. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is grow the audience because grow that distribution channel, many different product opportunities and, and uh, revenue opportunities can come from that. So I'm thinking a lot about like how to actually like operationalize this like week to week. And one thing that I'm wondering about with you, because you you do developer content, right? So, and again, going back to this concept of like not building products, not developing products, software products, but creating mm-hmm. content. But in order to create content for developers about code, about software, you got to be in it. So yep. How do you invest the time to tinker and put the hood on and get your hands dirty in the code and stay (laughs) and stay up to date on the on the latest tech and and actually build stuff from experience that you can then bring to your audience like how do you how do you think about all that
1: yeah that's that is that is the challenge right because if you get too far away from it the content then suffers because it's like man this isn't really applicable one is i think you and i both forget how far along we are in software development and just how many thing like how many new people are in, entering the industry every single year and how many people are on their timeline behind us right mm-hmm. and so there's this whole world of content like we're not uh, frankly i'm not teaching other senior engineers most of the time they already know everything i'm talking about I'm teaching a lot of people who maybe aren't as plugged in as you and I are and aren't seeing everything on Twitter all day and like following these podcasts. And we, you know, we know everything that's going on everywhere all the time, but we're not normal. And so that's, that's part of it. The other thing is I always have, like, I always have some sort of like, you know, software development project going, whether that's even like, you know, rebuilding my personal website in Laravel. That counts. Like I, yeah. you know, made some notes when I was doing that. and was like, oh, this would be a good topic. And it's like, okay, I'm rebuilding my site. Here's an interesting thing. Now let me take that interesting thing and kind of spin it out into a more generic example. So I take the nugget and like expand on it. And then the other thing is like, I'm very, very specific on what I teach. I teach things that I know. And I don't put pressure on myself to comment or have opinions on or teach things that I don't know. And there are some YouTubers that will have an opinion on everything, and that's great. I don't super trust them, frankly. But like, I don't, I just don't, I don't put that pressure on myself. So people will constantly ask me, can you make a comparison video of Laravel and XYZ? And I just say, I cannot. Mm-hmm. I do not know XYZ. I, I just don't know it. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that I know it, and I'm not going to go learn it. Do you ever go learn something for the purpose of creating content about that? Like,
0: like you don't, maybe it's a framework or a library Mm -hmm. or or a piece of tech that you don't have any experience with. Maybe you think it's interesting, but you don't have any Mm -hmm. active real projects to use it on, but it would make for a really great video or you think it would really help your audience in some way. So, yeah. So you like you devote some time to
1: learning it first
0: and then, and then packaging it into a video.
1: Yes, I will do something. I will I will do that sometimes I'm always with an angle of I have just learned this thing and like this is my first impression mm-hmm. or this is why I think it could be good or why I liked the experience and never with I'm now the expert on this thing. Yeah. And that's just like one that's true to who I am. I don't want to like hold myself out to be something that I'm not and two it just releases all the pressure because if I hold myself out to be an expert on, you know, symphony, which is another PHP framework, and then the real Symphony experts show up and they're like, hey, dude, like you missed this super obvious thing. That's kind of like, oh, shoot. I like that. Was, i told a lie and I got made. Yeah. But if I hold myself out as I'm a Laravel developer trying Symphony and here's what I like and what I don't like and what I found useful, it's like, hey, that's great content. I can totally see that. And I got to talk to you more often because I feel like you're
0: cutting right <laughs> right through the the imposter syndrome that I constantly feel, you know, and, and especially with code. I mean, I mm-hmm. almost never share anything related to mm-hmm. code, but I, but I code all day long, every single day, Yep, you know, and, and I'm designing, I feel a little bit more confident in, in design, but mm-hmm. I, a lot of my design work is, is done using Tailwind and JavaScript and HTML. Yeah. And, but I'm always like, I, I still feel like behind the rest of the industry on that stuff, even though the reality is I'm ahead of a, of a lot of people who are just learning it for the first time or coming into the industry yep. or trying to bootstrap their first product, you know? And that, that's the thing that I, 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 that's why I like, I almost never currently create videos where I'm showing code or showing screenshots of my code. Cause I feel like there's going to be yep. some advanced developer who's like, Oh, there's such an easier way to do that or a better way to do that. But the reality yep. is those, those developers
1: are not going to be tuning into my content.
0: Like they're, you
1: know? No. And, you know, there's something about like, there. there's something that cannot be argued with, and that is your experience. Like, you can say, you can say like, this is the best way or this is let's even be more specific. This is the most performant way to do this thing in Rails. And somebody can say, no, it's not. And it's yeah. like, all right, well, that sucks. Yeah. But what what nobody, nobody can argue with is I created this thing, or I I wrote this code. Here's why I like it. Here's why I did it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like Th- this
0: you, was the you fastest like that. way for me you... to
1: get it out the door. Or this this is what right. what framework sort of made sense in my w- mind. What yeah. what can anyone say? Anyone that anyone that like, rebuts or refutes that, frankly, is like either either actually truly being sincere and helpful and saying that's interesting. You might consider doing it this way. Great, love that. Anyone that's saying you're wrong or stupid. It's just trying to show that they're really smart. And 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 the way that I handle that is I say, Oh yeah, that is a good way. Like, congrats. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really care. I want to acknowledge that you were very smart, but I don't I don't really care. Like, I'm just sharing the way that I did the thing. Yeah. And I think you can get trapped by thinking, um, I have to be the teacher that's right all the time. Mm-hmm. And like the escape valve for that is I'm the guy that's sharing the stuff I'm learning and the stuff I'm working on. Yeah. It's like what are you going to say to me? I, you can't, you can't argue with that. Yeah, I like
0: it. Like the, the, the concept, which I think needs developing as I get into YouTube next year is like, I'm not trying to teach you how to get hired by Google as an engineer. I can't do that. But what I can teach you is how to, how to design and build stuff so that you can ship and bootstrap a little yes. product on the side and maybe it, which could be a game changer for your career, you know? Yes. Um, yep. Totally. so, we start to wrap up here, but one thing that I'm, I'm also sort of nervous about as I think about this as, as like an operation, I'm I'm thinking of it like a full-time job, what this has to look mm-hmm. like to be able to produce videos on a regular basis for a long period of time. And this probably gets into what you have in your course at screencasting.com is like production workflow hacks, you know, because mm-hmm. one of the things that I personally, I've, I've done a bit of video work in various things over the years. And the thing that I always get hung up on is just the clicking around and the, and the busy work and the just grinding it out. Like I love the creative stuff. I love thinking about the script and how I'm going to deliver something. And I also sort of love the creative editing side, but then, Mm -hmm. but, but in between that and then in between that and getting it up on the site, there's all these little like admin tasks and like, oh, you got to package it out. You got to upload it. You got to do this and that. It's like, how do you, how do you get all that stuff shipped without driving yourself crazy it, it, and like how much are you outsourcing to to an assistant like what do you how do you yeah. think about that
1: on the on the planet scale side we now have a full-time editor and so he does a lot of the i do all the rough cut so i'll record a video and then i do all the rough cut where it's like remove like i record basically in chunks so i'll do like you know, the talking head opening and I'll mess it up five or six times and I finally get a good one and then I move on to like the first section of the screen recording and I'll mess that up a bunch and I get a good one. And so I deliver to the editor all the good chunks and I'm like, here you go. Like figure out transitions, graphics, all of that. Um, And we recently got him and that's just amazing. But what's more applicable is, you know, on the personal side, how do I handle that? One of the big things that I do that I do talk about in the course is like recording, recording in chunks, like spread the workload of editing, like spread it over the recording and the editing process such that when you do get to the editing process, it is a lot easier because you've already like you've already borne some of that brunt in the recording process. And what I mean by that is I try to I try to section out my videos into into their chunks where I know that there's going to be a cut at the end. So like maybe I'm explaining something on camera and then I'll switch to the screen or vice versa. And If I can nail a single chunk, it is way, way, way better for me personally to record that one minute, two minute chunk six or eight times than record it in like 10 second parts where I'm like, then I have have to go in and slice and dice and chop it up. And then the video looks really choppy and I've got all these edits. So it might take five or six takes, but just do the takes until you get one complete good one do the takes till you get one complete good one that probably is going to be more concise. Like the, the message you're trying to get across is going to be clearer, but also the editing is just going to be a breeze. Cause you're like, boom, one, one cut at the beginning, one cut at the end, let's move on. Yeah. And so that's one way that I do it. And then the other way that like the, the rest of it is like just getting, I, I do my own editing personally and getting good at, at screen flow has just been a massive, massive life improvement for me. And, One of the things that I think we potentially would both fall into is like going down the rabbit hole of of tools. I was just going to ask you about this. I've I've, Screenflow has been my
0: go to for like ten plus years at this point. But same. But again, I'm I'm in this like research learning mode, and now I'm Mm -hmm. YouTubing about like DaVinci Resolve and or Adobe Premiere or Final Cut. Like, what's your experience with with those more quote unquote professional tools versus what you can do with, with Screenflow?
1: Yeah, what I can do with Screenflow is what I need to do. I think there are there are other things like our editor uses Premiere and I think I think he can do a lot more than I can, um, but he's also had, you know, 10 years of Premiere. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like I've purposefully capped myself at Screenflow for now. I've purposefully capped myself at Screenflow because I can get the output that I'm looking for and I am really really fast at it. And I think if I were to open up the box of Premiere, I would get sucked in pretty hard. So one, it would be initial drop off in productivity because I'm yeah. just like, oh man, I got to learn what all these panels are. But then the second thing would be like, okay, now, now that the, the world of, you know, let's say motion graphics, because I start doing After Effects too, now that that's open to me, everything becomes more complicated. And I feel like everything needs to go up a level where right now I'm having success with ScreenFlow. And so yeah. I just make my, you know, my adorable little videos in ScreenFlow and ship them out the door.
0: Yeah, nice. I've heard you talk about this before. And, and another thing that resonates is like doing well on YouTube, optimizing your content for reach mm. without feeling like you're selling an infomercial or doing a super cheesy thumbnail yeah. graphic. That, yeah. that totally resonates with me. And the shocked face, like I, I just don't want to get into that game. Yeah, but I, I think that there is a way to do it tastefully. That's actually authentic to, to yep. me, and maybe and and the topic of the actual video, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I it's about it's
1: that. it's a it's a challenge to me because. Man, like the, I think the platform demands certain things and you see basically what the platform demands by scrolling your feed on, on YouTube and noticing what shows up and like that's kind of what the platform demands. And what I don't like that the platform seemingly demands is shock and awe. And I just don't think everything that I'm teaching is either shocking or awe inspiring. Like I want it to be interesting and I want it to be entertaining But I'm just not going to I'm just not going to pretend to be surprised about something that I'm just I'm not, frankly, very surprised about. So that like that poses a, you know, kind of a moral dilemma to me to like, do I trick people into clicking or not? And the answer so far for me has been no, I'm not going to do that. That does, however, that doesn't uh, that doesn't give me like permission to not take into consideration how I get people to click. Yep. So, like, if I'm going to hold constant that there are things that I'm not going to compromise on, which is, like, I'm not going to do the pretend shock face. Okay, well, dude, what are you going to do? How are you going to get people to click? Yeah, And that is still very, very, very much a question to me that of, like, really, how do you uh, package all of this?
0: The thing that I'm getting really interested in, in the creative process of YouTube, right? Now, as a, Again, I'm sort of learning and planning at this point is, like, treating every single next video as a product in it in and of itself yes it's you're you're you literally creating and launching your a new product like on a weekly basis or however you're yep however often you're doing it and and a lot of that comes down to like who is this for what problem is it solving and how do we connect with the with the potential buyer or viewer in this case and like that could start with a i, I think a lot of a lot of YouTubers are are talking about this concept of like start with the thumbnail and the title mm-hmm. before you even create the video, like start with the concept yeah. of, of what someone is going to click on and then deliver on that promise, you know, from there. Yeah.
1: I mean, that that's, you know. that's what I do. I don't necessarily make the thumbnail, but the first thing that I do is think what is the title and what is the thumbnail and not just like, what is it? But like, what is the packaging and then, what video can I produce to deliver on that packaging? So I can come up with really, really great packaging that everyone would click on. And then, if I don't deliver in the video, then I have I have crossed one of my personal ethical boundaries, which is I've basically just lied to everybody. Yep. And so, how can I create and compelling that's just not going to work well on
0: YouTube anyway? Like,
1: no, eventually, you're, eventually you'll fail. You'll you'll flame out because the watch time is going to be super low because people are going to realize, oh, it's just clickbait. Yep. So like, how can I, I basically start with a concept of like, what am I trying to teach? Great. Okay. Let's, let's back up. Let's move up a level. Is there an interesting way to package this? Is there an edutainment way to package this education plus entertainment to package the core idea that I want to teach? And that's where you have to, that's where you have to get creative and think like, okay, well, what is interesting about this? What is clever about this? How can I hook people into this? Like I have a, I have a Planet skill video coming out soon that's called You Don't Need Joins. Like, it's a database concept of joining tables together, and the title is You Don't Need Joins. And I back it up in the video that sometimes you are doing something with a join when really you should be using a subquery. And it's like, oh, that's interesting, but, like, su- how to use subqueries is not very good packaging, right? That's actually you don't need joins. And, joins always and then I go... Out. Yeah, and then I go into these use cases of, like, here are the you know three four five use cases where you're using a join and you shouldn't be using a join. It's like oh okay that backs it up. That's good packaging. So it is hard. It is very hard to get good packaging for a pretty normy like basic idea. Yeah.
0: Well, hey Aaron, this is uh, another great conversation. Great to connect with you. Uh, it, it, I'm super excited about everything that you are working on, and especially like I've been following you for some time. But I think the upcoming year. And a couple of years here in terms of the things that you are growing now are super interesting to, to follow along. Oh, thanks. So,
1: um, yeah, I really, I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Thank you. Cool. All right. See ya. See ya.
0: That does it for today's episode of Open Threads. What'd you think? Let me know on Twitter or X. I'm at CastJam. And you can find the full videos for all episodes of Open Threads on the YouTube channel for this podcast. That's youtube.com slash One more thing, I'd really appreciate if you'd give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. That helps a lot. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one.